Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. KCBS Radio, original podcasts. We have done it in like a year where like the odds are even more against us to finish. From KCBS Radio. I'm just so proud of myself for hiking the PCT, for doing it. This is Bay Current. The people that went through the Sierra, like I wanted to try to do, I I mean, I did try, but... Those people deserve a badge. And I'm Chris Ancarlo, and this is the end of the trail, part four of our series following hikers as they attempt to hike the Pacific Crest Trail during this year of historic snowpack. We started all the way back in April, brimming with optimism, and three of our five hikers, well, they made it. Just getting to the monument was like, or to the end, it was just like, I was running. I was so excited. It was like pure joy. I couldn't stop smiling. They hiked 2,650 miles from Mexico to Canada. Well, eh, sort of. This was the year of the flip or the year of the Sobo, man. Maybe the year of the Sobo. We'll, I guess we'll we'll find out. Sobo is in southbound, and that's Sue Damgard. Trail named Darkness. She flipped. That means she opted to skip the Sierra section and zoom up to the Canadian border and work back south. Pretty much everyone did some variation of that. There were a small number, very small number, of hikers this year who literally made it all the way through beginning to end nonstop. And that was an elite group of hikers um, who I might also add, in some respects, suffered a lot. Scott Wilkinson is with the Pacific Crest Trail Association. He says that for that group who made it step by step from border to border, it was an exercise in exhaustion and pain and cold. I don't know the exact number, but I'm guessing off the top of my head it was in the neighborhood of maybe 100 or less hikers that actually made it all the way through. So not a lot, considering the thousands of long-distance permits that were issued. And more than 7,000 permits. And this year, the trail brought it. So I try to get my feet into my frozen shoes. I get them in, and I'm just, my feet are burning. They're so cold. They're blocks of ice. They're so numb. And it took hours that day for my feet to warm up. It's Maggie Schumann, trail named Pinecone. She and her partner decided to skip the Sierra in June and hike to Canada, then come back and finish at the end of the summer. And that little bit about her feet being frozen blocks, yeah, that was actually toward the end of the hike. I kind of felt like Mother Nature was like, A, being like, I'm timing you. You need to leave the mountains. Like, your time here is up. Like, you you are done. And then I also felt like Mother Nature was like, oh, you tried to skirt the snow in June? LOL. Like, joke's on you. I'm going to give you more. Do I consider it a badge of honor to have hiked the PCT this year? A hundred percent. I Yes, like, I think 
anyone that hiked the PCT any year should feel proud. I feel I feel proud that I even completed it, and I feel even more proud that I completed it during a crazy year. Layla Cohen, trail named Damsel in Distress, made the decision to flip way back at the beginning of the summer. A close call in the San Bernardino Mountains had her spooked. I never um, thought I could be afraid of like hiking. Like it's healing. It's what I do. It's it's amazing. Um, but like the snow made it scary. Like you took steps, and you're like oh crap, like we could fall and die. Like this is very high exposure. Um, So I don't regret it. She jumped off to Quincy and then went north through the rest of California into Oregon and Washington and then came back to finish the Sierra. For darkness, this was the second time she hiked the PCT. She's already done the Triple Crown, meaning she's through hiked the PCT, the Continental Divide Trail, and the Appalachian Trail. Experiences that offer some perspective. We skipped a chunk of NorCal, um, basically the big burn area. Um, I just didn't feel that I needed to walk through that section again when it's gone. She estimates she's hiked about 70% of the trail this time around, and she says the fact that she'd already done it made it easier to skip past some sections. The motivation to, to like walk through something that sucks for 100 miles is gone for me. So yeah, a lot of skipping around for everyone, and Wilkinson says there might be an unintended positive to come of that. In a normal year, you have the vast majority of long-distance hikers starting at the Mexican border, hiking north in a big wave or a bubble, and they're all sort of moving together up the trail, and that sometimes presents problems from a sustainability standpoint, right? Because you have so many people concentrated in any given area of the trail at once. So looking back over 2023, in some respects, the, you know, the the sort of chaos imposed by the extreme weather conditions spread hikers out across the entire length of the trail, which purely from a, you know, conservation standpoint and from a sustainability standpoint, in some ways was better. It's also interesting how the trail itself, little more than a path beaten bare by thousands of boots, morphed into this sentient creature as the season went on. The trail, it all works out, you know, like it happened how it was supposed to happen. Does it hold the power to determine fate or is it an instrument of will? I'm still not really sure, but it very much is a presence always ready with another twist. It was like flash boom, flash boom, flash boom all night from like midnight to 5 a.m. Um, none of us are sleeping. We're all like kind of scared. It held out one more test for Maggie at 9,000 feet with just a paper thin layer of nylon between her and 50,000 degrees of lightning bolt as the booms faded to rumbles rolling along the granite of the high Sierra. Her group made a push, but the trail said there are no easy steps. I'm not kidding you. We get to the top of this pass and it's like, boom, snowing really hard, like full on winter storm. The visibility is crap. There's so much snow falling on the north side of the pass that you can't see the trail. So now we're having to like get our phones out navigating. Our phones are now soaking wet. And then we only went another like couple miles because we were Honestly, we were so cold. We kept stepping in puddles that we didn't see. Our feet are wet. Our shoes are wet. Uh, There was also a buzz to Layla's trail test. I go out into the woods, into the mountains to heal mentally. It, it, It fixes my soul. It helps my mental health. I never expected it to mentally break me. But there were definitely moments, like in Oregon, when we were getting eaten alive by mosquitoes, where you couldn't stop and use the bathroom without getting eaten. Um... 
that it just got to you. Like I remember there were two days where I hadn't been able to dig a cat hole because every time I went to like squat or whatever, I would just get eaten alive and I couldn't take it. Um, and it sounds silly, but it really like it, it got to me that every single second you were just getting eaten by mosquitoes and there was no escape. Um, so that was mentally very hard. I didn't meet anybody who wasn't humbled. And I met some pretty amazing athletes who, who did it, but every single one of them kind of had this like look in their eye like <laughs> um, that was I saw, you know, kind of the limits of what I will ever do uh, on this planet kind of thing. <laughs> when I look back over it all, one thing really jumps out at me, which is the resilience of hikers. And that's it. That's the point of this entire ridiculous sport. There's something so amazingly human about stepping into the wilderness for the ultimate test of our metal. From scripture to literature to reality, we seek these tests as proof of life, even if that proof takes the form of momentary misery that must be muddled through. Because it's that moment of exhaustion and desperation and fear when the reward takes shape and meaning. It was beautiful. We were able to really enjoy the Sierra and it's, gosh, it's just stunning out there. Fall felt like it was coming fast in the high Sierra. And it carried with it those familiar transitions. And it's, I love that feeling of being, of exiting in the fall because you feel like everything's kind of going to sleep and you're, you're exiting and it feels really right to me. Um, so super beautiful. I mean, Bishop, beautiful. So it was very, very, very nice way to end. <laughs> In other words, the trail delivered. In this case, home. But then we got to like Snorra Pass and then we got to Carson Pass. And then all of a sudden we're like in this realm of zone that is like super familiar to me. So it's like Carson Pass. We're on the Tahoe Rim Trail now and we hiked the Tahoe Rim Trail last year. And I was like, holy crap, I've hiked all 70 miles of this back to Truckee. It's like literally the perfect victory lap. I think it felt really wonderfully contiguous to exit at Bishop um, because that's where I'm going back to. And I have a community there, a small community, but it's building a <laughs> uh, place to work. And so that that felt really good. One of the biggest things that I learned and everyone says it on trail and it sounds so cliche, but that the trail provides, that the trail provides and that it all works out. And it is so true. Like my trail name is damsel in distress because I get stressed out a lot and like going into town is stressful and all these things stress me out. But like by the end of the trail, they didn't stress me out like they did when I begun because like I learned to just trust the process that it literally all works out. It worked out perfectly for Maggie and her partner as they hit the final section of trail on their journey, a section that Maggie had hiked countless times growing up. I started running and then my boyfriend's behind me. He's like, we're running now. I was like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And it was just like pure like joy, like Maybe a couple tears slipped out just for being so happy. But I think there was no like immediate like reflecting or anything. It was like literally like we got to the end and two of our like closest friends surprised us. They made a cardboard replica of the exact terminus that's at the northern uh, border. And they were standing there with like a bottle of champagne for us and just having like a monument was so cool because we didn't just like end it a road and we immediately like spray off the bottle of champagne 
um me my boyfriend and our hiking partner are all like hugging each other and just being so excited like holy crap like we freaking did this like um and so there was no like immediate reflecting but i think it really hit me when we got to like the um like patio like restaurant where we were hanging out with our friends and family and i was like oh my god all our friends and family are here like this is done like we are celebrating like people are asking us like what's the best part what's this what's that and i think that's when it really sunk in sue's final steps were a little slower yeah this this really feeling of like wanting to hang on to the like final moments um she's really trying to kind of be in the moment and the aspens of course are like the big beautiful thing in the fall up there um and so just kind of noticing how like the lakes are sparkling and the aspens turning and the end of layla's journey came at the highest of points like we started the hike northbound and we ended it southbound on such a high note like whitney being the highest the last big thing we did and like whitney was magnificent and just the sierras in general were magnificent and difficult and I'm honestly so happy that they were at the end of my hike like I was at my peak fitness from this trail no matter how they made it this is a huge accomplishment especially this year like really there should be a badge for the PCT class of 23 I don't even know what the badge should say like the top badge should be like congratulations the bottom should be like you might be kind of a dumbass. It's like really. Like- yeah, I consider it a badge of honor. I consider it a badge of honor for everyone out there that made it, that made it to the border, that made it to the border on any year. Like, this is insane. I've never done anything like it. Uh, there are no badges, but. Now, we do offer trail completion certificates, and we also offer a beautiful medal that people can get for completing the entire trail. And Wilkinson is quick to remind everyone, this is not Disneyland. The Pacific Crest Trail is still a very remote and wild and potentially dangerous experience. And, you know, I think sometimes, especially for younger hikers, I think especially for people that are less experienced, you know, every now and then we get a little bit of this sense that some people are thinking it's basically a 2,600-mile you know, pub crawl, or it's like the Camino de Santiago, you know, where you're staying in lodges or something. And we're very quick to remind people, no, this is still very much a wilderness experience, you know, so don't don't let your guard down, you know, be aware. He says that's why the key to a successful through hike is flexibility, being able to adapt to things beyond your control and move on. Just stop trying to control everything. I like to control everything. And the trail taught me to let go. And I did, and I, I finished it, and it worked out. Yeah, the trail's got lessons. I got really bored. Um, and it's, that's just because you're not, you're not, like, on your phone all the time. There's not people all the time all around. And, uh, and, and that was great for my brain. That was awesome. I, you get so creative. We're all on the same playing field. No one knows what they're doing, period. And I just mean, like... I had some, I was so scared to do this. I'd never done anything like this. And I was like nervous that other people would like know that I didn't know what I was doing. And um, it's just not the case. Like even other through hikers, like it doesn't matter that you through hike. Like this is a new trail. It's a new beast. And out here we're all, we're all on the same playing field. So just do what makes you happy. And I hate to be the person that says this, but if you are miserable while you're out there and you are not having a good time, then skip to another section or maybe you've gotten everything out of your hike and you don't need to keep hiking. 
Um, it's not fun to see other people out there who are miserable. And the PCT isn't easy all the time. But I think as long as deep down that you are happy and you are happy in the decisions that you're making while you're out there, then I think you'll finish the trail and you'll be good to go. And the trail has revelations. I work in birth. I'm a doula and a, and a labor nurse. And I feel so unbelievably inspired to go back to work now. Like I just, I had like all these ideas coming up of things I want to do for like the women and families in, in, in Owens Valley. And um, so that was awesome. That That's like such a great thing about through hiking that, that can happen. I'm really actually excited to go back to work which is not something I ever thought I would say. Um, I miss working. Um, so I'm kind of excited to open that chapter. I'll, I'm not going back to my old job. So I'll be getting a new job as a travel nurse, which is not anything I have ever done before. So I think that in itself is like a huge adventure. And of course, it has the sage practical knowledge that can only be passed on through experience. Bring rain pants. <laughs> there are ultra light rain pants out there. I did not bring them. And it is the one piece of gear that I regretted I didn't have. Every through hiker should have super glue. Like, ah, that's one piece of gear I will always hike with. Super glue saved me so many times. At the beginning of the hike, I had issues with like with some insoles. I had super glue. My sunglasses broke super glue. Um, I got a hole in my sleeping pad, super glue with some gear tape on top of it. All of these offerings from the trail only accentuated by a historic snowpack record breaking in much of the Sierra. And then a couple of fires and an uber active monsoon season. Oh, yeah, there was a hurricane, too. Yeah, remember that? 2023. Oh, man, it's going to be long remembered. Or will it? A lot of what we're seeing now is the result of climate change, and we know that. And and I think most people are aware of that now, but I think it's it's really important to kind of keep in the back of our minds that as climate change continues and as the the you know planet continues to warm, we will continue to see a lot more of these erratic, unpredictable, extreme weather events. And so my guess is that looking ahead for the next few years, um, perhaps longer, this year may end up being the norm, which is kind of crazy to think about, but I think it might be the new norm, you know, as we move forward. So, you know, this was kind of a practice run for what we're likely to see in the future. Uh, that's comforting. But there's a saying in Swahili, pole pole. It means slowly, slowly. Put another way, it's encouragement to set a path and understand that patience and perseverance can win the day taking one step at a time to conquer the seemingly insurmountable, be it climate change or a walk on mountaintops from Mexico to Canada. 2,600 miles is a long way. And I remember standing in uh, like at the Southern Monument being like, holy crap, Canada is so far from here. And now that it's over, I don't want to say like I am burnt out, but at the end, especially the last like two weeks, I was so ready to be done. And so right now I'm just really enjoying hanging at home, hanging with my dog, um, daily showering, sleeping in a bed, um, all that kind of stuff. That's not to say that nothing will ever happen. Uh, have I looked at the Appalachian Trail subreddit page? Maybe. What I did was hard. Was I the fastest hiker? No. Was I the slowest? No. Um, and like none of that matters. You just have to take 
one step at a time and you get up the mountain and it's just like it's kind of crazy Ole Ole. thanks for listening and by the way if you missed the first three parts of this series you can download previous episodes of the bay current podcast from wherever you get your podcasts this episode of bay current has been produced by me chris Carlo, and mallory samara be sure to hit that subscribe button to hear more stories that make the bay area and california the most fantastic spot on the globe Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.